BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dan Cilio here on the National Football Show, and we make our own music here. Way to come aboard here with us here today. Pack show one more time. You know, you know what's really cool is that we are now in the, I would say, in the diving board stage of the upcoming NFL season. Okay? <laughs> okay? Here, let me do this here. When you are in this part of the year here, 90 guys are in training camp, right? 90 guys in training camp here. And without a doubt here, we are now at the cusp of what is going to be, what I think is going to be the greatest season in pro football history. And we so appreciate you coming aboard. We will have at the bottom of the hour, Tim Cavillshaw from ESPN, Around the Horn, and also the Dallas Morning News. We'll talk some Dallas Cowboys. It's Cowboys and Steelers. In the Thursday Night Hall of Fame game, we'll get his thoughts. I'll tell you what I think the, the Cowboys will be and the Steelers today, what I think that their records will be and where they're going to hang around for the upcoming 2021 season. And we will have Howard Eskin. I want to get Howard's thoughts on what's going on with this Carson Wentz story in Indianapolis. There's no question. It also affects the Eagles because the Eagles, as an organization, I don't so much say the fan base wanted Carson Wentz to do well because of why the draft choice that was tied and the pick that was tied to the Wentz deal could elevate to a first round pick, but that looks like that's not going to happen where he's probably going to miss the first two quarter polls of the season, which could be the first half of the NFL season. So not good there. So we'll talk to Howard Eskin. That'll be at five o'clock Eastern time. All right, let's dive in here. You know, we, we, we talked yesterday about the Carson Wentz story in Indianapolis. Let me, let me, let me say this to you, and I, I, I've been listening. Hey, and for the record, I don't know if you guys saw the Nick Foles press conference. I thought the way Nick Foles was talking, when I saw the written comments that were made the other day, I thought he wasn't on a football team. Then when I saw the video clips today that he was wearing a Chicago Bears uniform and that he was still 
employed by the Bears, and he was basically politicianing to join the Colts and Frank Wright, I was stunned. Have you ever in your life seen a player on another roster petition himself and basically politician himself for a job on another team? That never happens. I have never seen a player do that before. I mean, it was almost like Nick Foles was begging Frank Reich and the Colts and Chris Ballard, the general manager, to pull the trigger and make a move when it comes to bringing Foles to Indianapolis. Look, the Bears know that there's going to be a football team that's going to panic because one of their quarterbacks is going to go down and Foles is going to be a hot commodity. They're going to be able to get a draft choice for him and they're going to be able to, I would say this, to get a significant draft choice. Here, let's do this before we get more into where I think this is going for the Colts and for Carson Wentz and for Frank Wright. Here, know this. You're probably looking at potentially a third or fourth round draft choice, depending on the team and depending on how much they're going to panic. What would you give if you're the Colts for Nick Foles right now, knowing that you're two sides of your football, finished in the top 10 last year in, in defense and in offense? What would you give for that? And plugging in the success that Frank Wright, the head coach, had with Nick Foles a couple of years back when they won the Super Bowl, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. What would that mean to you? What would you surrender if you're the Colts for him? What would you surrender? A third? Now, here's the case. I want to throw this out at everybody. And here's the case to be made to bring Nick Foles in. And I'm by, by the way, I'm a proponent of this. You know, talking to some of the Colts guys early this morning, it didn't seem that they really wanted to kind of show their hand on where they were going. You know, something that they may stay inside and they may stay organizationally with the people that they have in the room and try to weather the storm. Some are just suggesting and trying to determine whether or not they believe they should go out in the open market and try to find a quarterback to bring in until they can get Wentz back on the football field. Okay, so there's a there's a debate. I, I said this to you after we reported that he was going to go under the knife this past Friday, which we did. We broke that story here on the National Football Show. And we said that he was going under the knife. They wanted, they needed to evaluate it. My problem with this is, though, we're starting to get into the middle part of the week in the first week of the exhibition season. And this is something that you want to get resolved as quick as you possibly can. Remember something here. You're not going after a top-flight quarterback. You're going after a seatbelt. You're going after a safety belt here because the money that you've invested in Carson Wentz, there's no question right now that if you're Wentz, you know, especially after coming off the nightmare situation for you personally in Philadelphia, you've got to sit here and you've got to do this. You've got to understand without a doubt that this is all in the best interest of the football team. Okay, so all that being said, let's move on to this, and let me say this to you here. Should they go after Nick Foles? Absolutely. Should they keep Carson Wentz updated on every single thing that's going on at the quarterback position? Absolutely. If we've learned anything from the Aaron Rodgers story, this here is, without a doubt, something that we hope that Nick Foles has matured, grown, and understands that this is about winning games. It's not about your statistics. It's not about leadership. 
leadership is it, it's made by people that go out on the football field and win. And all about winning. You think Tom Brady and all the people that he has motivated and all the great players that have played with him, you think that every one of those guys in that conversation in any of those locker rooms that Brady played in, you think any one of those guys are impressed with his statistics? Or do you think they're impressed with his winning? This is why Carson Wentz is still insecure at the position of quarterback because he hasn't won enough in the league. Any quarterback who hasn't won enough doesn't have that equity in the locker room. It's not about statistics. By the way, I'll give you an example of this. How many people think that everybody out in Los Angeles is all wrapped around Matthew Stafford and what he could potentially do this coming 2021 season? He's thrown for a lot of yards. He's thrown for a lot of touchdowns. But you know what that's done? It's resulted in no wins. You get equity in this league. Why do, you, why do people think that Nick Foles is arguably the best backup quarterback, maybe oh, clearly the best third-team quarterback in the National Football League? This guy came off the sidelines, went into a game, and won a Super Bowl. That is the quintessential substitute teacher that you could ever have. I would say this to you, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Nick Foles, are the two greatest substitute teachers the NFL has ever had, and Foles being number one because Foles won a Super Bowl. And, geez, added to the mix, a Super Bowl MVP, and added to the mix, he beat Brady. Talking about a guy who accomplished a lot in that run. And that's good. If I were in that Colts locker room, I'd be saying this, man, just, just make a deal for the guy. Just bring Foles in here. You know, people were saying, well, you know, could Foles come in and could he come into the Colts organization and just pick up right where he needed to pick up and that team wouldn't miss a beat until Wentz got back? Absolutely. There, there was actually, and I've said this before, you know, Doug Peterson, I think this is one of the missed components in Philadelphia that everyone didn't really plug in when Frank Wright was there as the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Remember something here. You know, you know the big disconnect between Wentz and the organization in the end? Think about what was in the room in 17. Think about what's in the room, okay? Frank Reich, a career backup guy to Jim Kelly and Boomer Sison in college. Doug Peterson, a career backup in the NFL, World League of American Football. This guy was a journeyman as a player all of a sudden Wentz goes down what happens they connected with Foles because Foles watch this journeyman actually cut in St. Louis by Jeff Fisher and I think that that communicating and that relationship that those guys had in Philadelphia was something that was so understated there in Philadelphia and how they connected there was no question Foles and Peterson and Frank Wright, they connected better with Nick Foles because they had gone through the same journey as Nick Foles. How could you not see those guys having the same kind of relationship, understanding what Nick's thinking when he's got to come in and pick up the baton? How could you not think that? Every time Frank Wright came in for Jim Kelly or he came in for Boomer in college, 
Frank understood. Hey, man, now then you're back on the bench again. You're sitting over there on the sidelines. You've got to always be prepared when you're the backup on an NFL team. And that's what Frank and Doug Peterson always told Nick Foles. So when Foles got into, I believe it was after the Los Angeles Rams game when Wentz went down. Wentz went down in the Rams game at the Coliseum, I believe. What happened after? It was it was a seamless transition. It just was a seamless transition. Okay? So make no mistake about that. Make absolutely no mistake about that. All right, we're going to take a brief time out. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com.
Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Sonio, Tim Kalisov from ESPN Around the Horn. And the Dallas Morning News will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Talk some Cowboys. As the Hall of Fame game will be Thursday, Cowboys and Steelers. Can't wait to see the Hall of Fame this weekend. All the great speeches. You know, I'm really looking forward to Peyton Manning. Probably be a lot of fun. I'm disappointed that the speeches will all be cut down to six minutes, but I'm looking forward to that. So I really, I love that weekend, you know? I think the NFL's Pro Football Hall of Fame or the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think it's one of the greatest weekends that you can have when it comes to honoring the greatest players in the history of the sport. Such a great place. You know, the only thing I have a problem with is that you put it in the hands of sports writers. Sports writers want their vote to matter, which makes them relevant. And so, you know, the guys we get on, I so love the fact that they don't really make it that way. And that's kind of why we choose those particular guys like Howard Balzer and Jason Cole and, you know, Rick Goslin, guys like that, because they really don't make their vote about them. They make the vote about the players in the game. So that's really going to be a great weekend. My, my coach, Jimmy Johnson, goes in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think also another you guy goes in. I think Edron James goes in also this weekend. So, again, should be a great weekend. You know, we were just talking about the Colts situation, and I, I, I say this to you. You know, one of the big criticisms, you know, I was talking to my boy Krause the last couple months about Carson Wentz and not putting words in his mouth. But my impression is people in Philadelphia think that guy's soft. They think he's soft and that he's soft mentally. Okay? You're soft mentally that you have things that get in your way of your success and you're always looking in the rearview mirror instead of looking through the front window. And that is a problem. I mean, organizations are going to draft people at every position And one day it may come up to where they draft a quarterback at a particular, you know, premium pick. And that shouldn't piss you off if you've got, if if you've got the confidence in yourself that this is your job, no one can take it away from you. Um, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at strength at that position. So the one thing that you're hoping here that this whole Philadelphia experience, now look, if I'm Frank Wright and I'm Chris Ballard, the GM, this is what I'm telling Carson Wentz. Carson, no one's taking the job from you. The only person that could take this job away from you is you. Don't let it get to you. You know, we've been talking a lot about mental health and people growing into leaders. You know, people not putting their hand up and quitting. This is part of his process on growing into being a franchise quarterback. Would we say this, his experiment in Philadelphia was a failure. If you're no longer on that team, it was a failure. You could say he won games. He did, but I would do this. Kind of. Kind of. And now what you have to do as a player, look, you're not going to get over the injury bug stuff. You're just not going to. That's just going to be something until you're able to change the narrative yourself on staying healthy. That's just going to be there. The league is going to have that kind of as, you know, part of your breakdown on who you are. Watch this. Very talented, athletic, big, strong arm. Always hurt. 
mental frame. Here, here's my assessment of how I think personnel people who I know a lot of in the NFL look at Carson Wentz. Watch this. Tall, strong, uh, durable when it comes to uh, him being a durable big dude. But when it comes to playing on the field, he's not durable as a player. But I'm talking, you can't look like Tarzan and play like Jane. And that's what he looks like. He looks like Tarzan and plays like Jane sometimes. And so when when you're always hurt and you're holding on to the ball, and then the other component you add into it, you know what you say? You do this. Well, he can be rattled also with mental things around the position. So you get hurt. You're mentally rattled. You have a lot of ability when it comes to your size, your strength. You look like a horse. But when it comes to looking at what you've accomplished in Philadelphia, people are going to go like this, completely underachieved. Completely underachieved. That's going to be until you can change the narrative about who you are. So bring in Nick Foles. And, and personally, it would be the best thing. You know, why are people always looking at it as a negative if you brought the guy in? I'm afraid this will really – watch this. I'm afraid that this will upset him. I could give a rat's ass if it upsets him. Grow, kid. The NFL is not for the weak of heart. We got to win games here. That, that'd be like me doing this. We're in a rowboat, but I don't want to put someone up there who's just as powerful as me because I don't like him. We got to get across the pond, man. And I need the guy who can row the fastest there. It's got nothing to do with personality. I don't care if he likes me or not. This is, see, this is where winning does not really, winning's got to be the priority if you're the Colts. Winning's got to be the priority. Got to be. So, here. I just, we'll, we'll get Howard Eskin's thoughts at 5 p.m. on what he thinks of Carson Wentz. Like I said, watch this. Injured, weak-minded, has talent, has to change the narrative. All right. I mentioned Cowboys and Steelers on Thursday. And we'll talk to Tim Kavishaw here in a couple minutes from the Dallas Morning News and ESPN's Around the Horn. My assessment of the Cowboys, I think they're a 10-7 football team. When I see their football team, do I think they're loaded? C.D. Lamb? Um, Amari Cooper, Zeke looks like he's back to his weight when he was at Ohio State, from what people are telling me in training camp. That's been a little bit hurt because, you know why he's been hurt? He's hurt because he's back to doing football activities. You know, you can run on a treadmill all you want. You can do all the laps you want, lift all the weights you want. Until you start doing football movement, this is when it's going to be where you're going to start using muscles you haven't used in over a year. And this is what he's going through. He's got a short soldier, soldier, and the Cowboys are just being precautious here a little bit with him. Hey, man, end of the day, that's the right thing to do. He's getting back into it. And I believe the Cowboys, could they be in a position where they can make noise in the postseason? Look, once you get to the second season, that's what this is all about. Just get to the second season. I think that football team's a 10-7 and team. Can a 10-7 and team win the Super Bowl? They can. I've seen it before, teams getting on a run. All right, we're going to talk to ESPN's Tim Cavillshaw and 
The Dallas Morning News will get his thoughts on the upcoming season for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Silios, Tim Kalashaw from ESPN. Dallas Morning News will join us, and we'll get his thoughts on the upcoming NFL season for the Dallas Cowboys. Look, I say this about Mike McCarthy. You know, no excuses. Don't give me the excuse about the pandemic. Didn't affect Tom Brady. Didn't affect Nick Saban. I, 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 don't, I don't look at it that way. I look at it. Do you really think it would have been a different story in Dallas, pandemic or not, last year? 
Mike McCarthy rolled into that facility, and Mike McCarthy will always be what every other coach outside of Jimmy Johnson was. That'll be someone that answers to the main guy in Dallas, and that's Jerry. Until that dynamic changes, it really won't matter who the head football coach is. I say this all the time about being in Dallas. It's a different dynamic. And I'll say this to you also. You know, I've got maybe more of a respect for Jason Garrett today than I ever had because Jason Garrett kept that job for a long time, okay? He kept that job for a long time. But you know what he also did? He made sure that he managed Jerry, had a winning record, won division titles, and he actually, if you think about it, was the perfect coach for the Dallas Cowboys because he knew how to handle Jerry. I think that Jason Garrett, I'd like to see what Jason Garrett could do on his own. I have more of an appreciation for what he had to deal with, not just with the fact that, look, when you're a head coach in Dallas, your authority is always going to be undermined because the owner is in the room. And 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 the owner in the room for the last 25 years has not produced anything but three postseason victories. Think of that for a second. The Dallas Cowboys have won three postseason games in 25 years. And that's under the helm of Jerry. Look. It sounds like I'm coming down on Jerry. I'm not. He's a great owner. Has been amazing for the brand of the Dallas Cowboys. But the one loss record, it just doesn't lie here. And it, it three wins in the postseason in 25 years for the Dallas Cowboys? That's all been under the direction of Jerry Jones. All right. Let's bring our friend Tim Kalashaw in from the Dallas Morning News and also ESPN. And let's start it out here. And Tim, I appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to be here. Hey, hey, hey Tim, first off, I've got I've to say this to you right out of the gate here. I don't know how shocked you were when you heard Jerry. I text my old coach, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> I said this to him. I go, did you just hear that Jerry said that he effed this whole thing up and that he screwed this whole thing up and it was his job to keep it together. The only word I got back from Jimmy was unbelievable. What 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 did you take from that from that little sound bites of last week? You know, yeah, he did that, you know, in the opening news conference out there in Oxnard. And in the past, he's always when he has addressed it, he's kind of said it was on both of them. And this is the first time I think I've heard him say, No, it was on me and I, I screwed it up, as you as you said. Um and I don't know if he's deciding to do this as a, as a peace offering. Now that Jimmy's going into the hall of fame too, Jerry knows he, he won. He got there first. If you want to look at it that way. But uh, I was, I was a little surprised because it was, it was, it was a step further than he's, he's gone. Now, now I've talked to Jimmy. Now, you know, Jimmy extremely well, and I covered him and I've, I've known him for a while and, and he'll be the first to say he, he helped his way out the door. He, he oh yeah, ready, he was ready to go, uh, but you know the the whole blow up thing in Orlando and all that that sent it in motion. That was on Jerry, and and it was interesting to hear Jerry finally finally say that. You know, I would say this to you too, Tim. I know Jimmy keeps telling everybody, "Oh, the Ring of Honor for the Cowboys doesn't matter." I'm like, Coach, come on. 
we all know it matters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We all know it matters. Is this maybe that olive branch you're talking about? Yeah. And I, and I think Jerry's made it clear. He's not going to do it this season. Um, he's going to let the hall of fame stand alone or whatever for this year. I think Jerry will do it in the next couple of years. Again, like I said, there's no reason not to, he can always tell people I got there first. So that it's not like he's honoring Jimmy with something that he didn't already get in the hall of fame. Uh, the fans want it. Uh, there's no reason not to do it. It's been a quarter of a century now, <laughs> more than that. It's been 28 years since the last year Jimmy coached here, which is incredible. So it's it's high time, but I don't think they will do it till next season. Let's get into the modern Cowboys here. Um, I said this, Tim. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I think they're exceptionally loaded on that offensive side of the football. CeeDee Lamb, I think, is going to be right. an absolute superstar in this league if he's not already. It looks like Zeke's back to being his weight when he came out of Ohio State. So the old line's a little bit more healthier. But yet, I still see a 10-7 and 7 team. What says you on this season for the Cowboys? I, I'm leaning toward... I haven't done the official one. I'm leaning toward nine, seven, and one. Okay, so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to throw it a tie somewhere there. But I, but I think you're on the right track, and I know people are excited about them. Uh, but all the excitement, ninety percent of the excitement, is based on the offense. The other ten percent is well, Dan Quinn is here, and he'll fix the defense. We got some more linebackers. Well, you got some linebackers. You're pretty much the same at defensive tackle last year than, than you were before. And those guys got blown up last year. You're still counting on Randy Gregory, a story that everybody likes, but it's it's hard to know if he'll be there for 16 games. And Demarcus Lawrence hasn't put up the numbers since he got paid. And, uh, and you're going to have a couple new guys in, in this secondary. So it's still, it still looks to me like a team that needs to score 30 to think they're going to win. They're going to play games like they did before Dak got hurt, where they're just shootouts, and maybe they'll beat Atlanta 40-39, to 39, but maybe they'll give up 49 to the Browns. Now, they won't be that bad on defense, but I don't think they're that good yet. And so I think it's still a toss-up between them and Washington, who is sort of the opposite, offensively and defensively, uh, to see who wins the division. You know, Tim, I, I, I think nine guys needed to be replaced on that defense. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they were just steamrolled last year. Yeah. I mean, they gave up a record number of points, uh, the most rushing yards ever for a Cowboy team. They gave up over 300 yards to the rushing to the Browns uh, when when Chubb was hurt. I mean, they they did all kinds of terrible things. Trayvon Diggs is a good corner. The defensive end should be good if they're healthy. <clears throat> Excuse me. They got a lot of linebackers and they got to sort that out. The, the good thing they have is Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh are basically playing for their futures. Vanderesh, literally, his contract runs out, and Jalen is in a contract where they could get rid of it. So you got Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, young guys coming in. Uh, there's a little motivation there. So I think they can be maybe average uh, 16th in, in the league. And, and that might be good enough to be a playoff team, but I, I still have a hard time seeing how they're going to be good defensively. You know, Tim, I, I say this about Mike McCarthy. I don't know if he's going to be the guy we think of when we look at him. You know, we put his resume up and we go, man, he was really a great coach in Green Bay. Well, he had Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and a lot of people are going to look good. Or is he going to be George Seifert? 
I mean, George Seifert looked awful good in San Francisco with Steve Young. He goes to Carolina, and everybody went like this about Seifert. Well, hey, I guess that's really the coach. Give me your thoughts on how you're seeing Mike McCarthy fitting into this whole dynamic in Dallas. Well, I mean, that, I think that's a huge question. And I thought it was an okay hire at the time, kind of kind of a predictable, okay, he yes, he won a Super Bowl. There aren't any of those sitting out there. Uh, but that was 10 years ago, and things ended badly between him and Aaron. And, and so he comes in, and the first thing he says is, I'm going to let Kellen Moore call the plays. It's like, all right, well, you're coming here as an offensive coach. Why are you here? What are you going to bring? Okay, that leaves us with game management. What did we see last year? We saw a fake punt on 4th and 11 against Washington that cost him the game. We saw some terrible game management in two or three games. So it's hard to sit here and say, yeah, just a bad first year and McCarthy's going to be good now. Quinn may save him a little. I think the Mike Nolan hire was was a very poor higher. Um, but I just don't know that you can look at him and say, yeah, they have an advantage over this team because they got Mike McCarthy over there. That That's that's hard to say. And there's nobody, even though Parcells came close, nobody has ever been a Super Bowl winning coach and gone on to another team and, and won a Super Bowl. Uh, they're not even talking about that. They just want to get in the playoffs and win a game. And they're, they seem to be a long way from doing that. But, you know, he He's a long way removed from having a young Aaron Rodgers and all the things that were in place in 2010. So I really think he has to prove himself as much as those linebackers I was talking about. Tim, do you agree? And, you know, it, it just came to me here, you talking about, you know, that dynamic because they've won three ball games in the postseason in 25 years. And with the array of coaches, I mean, three games in the postseason in a 25-year span – is terrible. You know, I got to tell you, my respect level for Jason Garrett has increased because here's a guy that not only did he have to understand the fact that his leadership was going to be undermined in the locker room, that he also had to manage Jerry Jones and in the process he had to develop and win ball games. I don't know. I'd like to see him with an opportunity somewhere else where it was in his hands. I don't know how you see that, but I mean, that's a tough place to go. I would say that the Cowboy job is the toughest job in the NFL. Would you agree? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's some franchises. I think the ones that don't uh, have the income, like Jacksonville, and I, I don't even know if Detroit, what they, I don't know what the Detroit problem the is. The Jets. Historic the Jets. There, there's a few of those. It's better than that, but the, the Jerry thing is a big is a big puzzle, and it and and I've talked about this many times. Uh, there's 31 teams where the general manager and assistant general manager are are doing their jobs to not get fired, and then there's one team where Jerry and Stephen Jones, no matter what happens, are not going to get fired, and they can say they work hard and they can believe they work hard, but that's not the same. If you tell me, uh, you know, I am unfireable at the newspaper or any other job I have. I hope most days I'm going to write a decent column, but I may mail a few in because I, you know, there's no reason not to at some point. Um, but as far as Jason goes, you know, he, he really had to me had to be let go just because nine and a half years. Yep. We, we just got to try it. It's not like he was a bad coach. He, 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 his, his, his winning percentage, I believe is higher than Jimmy Johnson's. Jimmy's kind of hurt by that one in 15. <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, he, he was mostly a 500 coach who got into the playoffs some and won a couple games. And as you said, they, it's been a long time, three wins in 25 years, no NFC championship games in 25 years when they used to go to that game uh, every year. Tom Landry went to 12 of them in 17 years. The, the NFC championship game was the Cowboys and somebody, either San Francisco or Washington or Minnesota, and now they don't they don't sniff it. So uh, Jason will get another chance, I think, and uh, and uh, we'll see how he does. But yeah, it's it's a tough. It, you gotta you gotta you gotta walk a tightrope here, and, and I'm not sure McCarthy exactly understands how to do that. Two last questions for you, Tim. Um, I had Stephen Jones on the program about a month ago, and we were talking about, you know, the serenading of Dak Prescott. I used that. He kind of chuckled when I said that because then the pandemic kind of jumped in there. And, you know, he admitted on my program that, you know, they probably should have signed him a couple of years ago to get this thing more in line with the salary cap. Because if you look at the offense, they've spent a ton of money on three dudes. And that's going to affect them. Now, they're going to be able to defer some of that money out. But I'll tell you something. I've learned a lot about Dak over the, the last year, the injury, the rehabbing, how the league and the players in the league love the guy. I talked to Dan Mullen, too, about him. He said this guy right. just continually gets better and better and better and better as his coach at Mississippi State. And he just says, man, you're going to – the best of Dak has yet to be shown. Do you agree with that? I think probably so. I think he gets more comfortable on and off the field every year. And I think his, whatever it is that makes guys leaders. I mean, he, the, the team saw that his rookie year, Daryl Johnson told the story the other day about going to be around the team when Dax, Dax won about eight in a row that year. And he said something about, they're going to have a tough problem when Tony's healthy. And the trainer told him, Go talk to 82 and see what he has to say about it. <laughs> and even Jason Witten said, this guy's a leader like we've never had before. And and so he's always had that intangible. And and now, he's, I mean, he's got three, two, probably two great receivers and one really good one. And, and so no reason, as long as he's healthy, for things not to really, you know, shine on that, on that side of the ball. I mean, he's got to stay healthy and we'll have to see how he does as far as running around and, things he used to do and be comfortable with, but I assume he's, he, he's going to be fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think Dak is capable of getting this team to a Super Bowl certainly. And, and he's capable of having seven or eight more, you know, really good pro bowl type seasons for this club. Finally here, I'm going to take you on a round of horn kind of question here. Okay. You I'll know, probably- um, you, you, you know, Tim, I, I, I look at the Aaron Rodgers scenario, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you. LeBron James, his biggest impact on the NBA may actually be the fact that he made being a movable or movement for players to go from team to team fashionable. Right. And that it wasn't – he took the, the brunt of it with the decision. KD, you're seeing James Harden is maybe the biggest impact that Brady could ever leave besides his fabulous resume of seven championships is empowerment. And what I mean by that is we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks with equity. And what I mean by locker room equity is Russell Wilson has locker room equity. Aaron Rodgers has locker room equity. I'm not talking about some stiff quarterback or somebody like Ryan Tannehill. I'm talking about those kind of quarterbacks having empowerment to go to their organizations and say, look, if you're not going to build it, 
I'm out of here. Let's figure a way for me to get the hell out of here. Do you think that this is going to be more of a trend over the next couple of years where these big-time quarterbacks are going to be feeling empowered to ask these organizations to build these teams? Well, first, we're going to save your your shot at my man Ryan Tannehill for another show. <laughs> I, and you're coming from that Miami perspective. <laughs> and he's been a changed man in Nashville. He we'll sure leave, has. We'll leave that alone. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's probably never going to be more than six to eight of them, maybe ten at the most, who establish themselves that way. I mean, you got to be somewhere a while. You probably have to win a Super Bowl like all those guys you, you mentioned did. So there's never going to be a lot of them. But, yeah, I mean, Brady, I mean, if you just think back to a couple of years ago, there wasn't a person anywhere who ever thought Tom Brady would, could or would leave the New England Patriots. And the idea that, yes, he would leave and he'd leave on his own and he'd win a Super Bowl in his first year and it would be at Tampa Bay, that would be a ridiculous script to write and, and nobody would, would buy it. But he has shown, yeah. We have more power than just than you think, and more than just our contracts. We are the quarterbacks. We are we are the show here, and nobody can live without one. So do what you got to do. And I think that's that gets to Aaron Rodgers, whose entire speech was kind of, you know, an honest approach of, I'm just trying to say, look, I know this stuff. I've been through this stuff. Talk to me, and they won't talk to me. And then. And, you know, some people didn't like what Rodgers had to say, but I thought he, we want these guys to be honest. And that was about the most honest uh, forthcoming speech I'd heard about a guy trying to have a say in an organization that really wasn't giving it to him. Well, I'll leave you with this. Ryan Tannehill should write a check or buy him a Ferrari, Derrick Henry, <laughs> every year at the end of the season. He should buy him a Ferrari, Tim. Possibly so. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it, my friend. Hey, thanks, Dan. I like it. Appreciate you bet, man. All good. Tim Kalashaw from the Dallas Morning News. We'll take a brief time out. Howard Eskin, right around the corner. To keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.